0: We're so glad that you've tuned into our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Chloe Rojas, and I'm on our communications team here at Rolling Hills. We're continuing in our series, Christmas, a Supporting Cast, and today our focus is on the story of Simeon. Simeon's story may not be one that we hear most often around this time of year, but his is one of patience, faithfulness, and righteousness. He trusted God and waited for the promised Messiah to come, and he remained faithful in the waiting. There's so much to learn about Simeon's life and we can't wait to jump into God's word with you. Thanks for being here. family. It's so good to be together today. Welcome everybody here at our Franklin campus. Welcome everybody joining in online. So thankful that you're a part of what God's doing. And it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, isn't it? I mean, everywhere around us, it's so exciting. So how many of you have your Christmas tree up? Got your Christmas tree up? All right. Wow, almost everybody, right? Good job. Rest of you, let's go. Uh, we have we're today. It's the fifth of December already. Uh, but man, there's a lot of things going on. Christmas lights are up. It's fun to see all that. The kids love seeing the Christmas lights, you know, and all the things that are happening. I saw a while back that Franklin is in the top five places in the world to celebrate Christmas. I mean, how crazy is that, right? There's like Germany. I mean, no, oh, it's so cool. So, I mean... It's like people come from all over. You know, you got the Christmas tree lighting, you got the Christmas parade, and we're up there now in places in Germany and in London and New York, and there's Franklin. Yeah, but it's cool, it's awesome, you know, because I love Christmas. I love this time of year. And we're in this great series, we're in this great series called Christmas, the Supporting Cast. And what we're talking about it, some people in the Bible who got it. Like that first Christmas they got that God was doing something bigger. And for us, amid all of the tree lighting and amidst all of the presents and the travel and the parties, but we want to be people who get it. We want to be people who understand the Christ of Christmas, right? So we looked last week in Matthew chapter 1 and we saw this genealogy and all these people that were in the family of God, right? Relatives of Jesus and we said there was a lot of dysfunction in Jesus' family, right? And all of us have that in our families and we said there was no perfect people except for Jesus. But God used these imperfect people to accomplish his perfect plan. And for all of us, that's so encouraging that we're not perfect, none of us are. But God has a plan or a purpose for every one of us. And God's writing a redemptive story in history if we would just get on board and get it and live it, right, for the glory of God. And so that's what we're talking about in here. See, what can happen is we can make Christmas about us, right? And we can have all this pressure on us to make it perfect. Or we can make it about our kids, and everything for them, and for them, and for them, and we can miss Jesus. And then if it's all about us, or it's all about our kids, and we end up with all this stress because everything doesn't turn out perfect, right? We end up with all this worry, this anxiety, or our kids end up being entitled, right? And we raise up a generation that's entitled. Instead of saying, hey, what if we focus on Jesus? And if we do, what results is peace, and joy, and love in our hearts, and our lives, and in our family, and in generations? And that's what God wants us to experience this Christmas. So if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you over with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter two, Luke chapter two. So New Testament, you know, you got the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And and all of them kind of have a different perspective of what's happening and what God was doing there. And it's so great. But it's Matthew and Luke that give us the birth narrative, that tell us what happened when Jesus was born. Mark kind of fast forwards to Jesus' earthly ministry and all the things that happened there. And John goes from the spiritual standpoint, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. But it's Matthew and Luke that tell us what happened when Jesus was born. And Luke was a physician. He's very precise in all of his details. And so a lot of times we look at the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, and we'll unpack that in a couple of weeks. But I want you to see what happened right after this and see this guy who got it. And in verse 21, it tells us that Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day, and they gave him the name Jesus, Yeshua. That means salvation, right? It means salvation, so he's named salvation, just like the angels that told Joseph and Mary. And then you come to verse 22. It says, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Okay, so this happened when Jesus was 40 days old, right? So he, you know, he was circumcised on the eighth day. So 33 days later, 32 days later, he's there being dedicated in the temple. And we still do this today. We call this family dedication, And so we do four times a year, once a quarter, and it's awesome, so when you have a child, you come and they're dedicated here. Well, Joseph and Mary are going to the temple, they're dedicating Jesus. Now, in some traditions, even today, right, there's infant baptism, right, but you're still seeing that's a a dedication time, so if you were dedicated, you were baptized as an infant, that's great. And be sure and tell your parents thank you, right, because it was your parents who said, hey, we're gonna go, we wanna dedicate our child, and we're gonna be faithful to God in this responsibility, this calling, and it's awesome. But later on, right, Jesus is baptized at the age of 30. You know, and so later on, there is baptism that follows your salvation experience. You, you see that in Scripture as well. So we have this kind of holy moment, this precious moment as they're coming and dedicating their child to the Lord. All three of my daughters have been dedicated right here in this place, which has been so special. Well, at the same time, look what it says in verse 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. All right, so, so we don't know a whole lot about this guy, but we know he's righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And what's the consolation of Israel? Well, that means the comfort. That means the hope. So what he's essentially doing is waiting for the Messiah, Waiting for God to fulfill his promise. Remember in the Old Testament, there's 300 prophecies concerning the first coming of the Messiah, concerning Jesus. And, and so all of them were being fulfilled right here. And he was waiting for that. He was waiting for that. Now here's the thing. A lot of the Jews missed Jesus when he came because they wanted a political Messiah. If you remember in history, right, the, the Greeks... They conquered the world around 330 BC. Alexander the Great conquered the world and he cried because there was no more kingdoms to conquer. And, and they conquered Palestine. Well, later on, you know, they tried to offer a pig on the altar. And the Jews like, uh-uh. And so the Jews in 167 BC, the Maccabean Revolt, kicked them out of the country. And so the Jews are there, right? And so then when the Romans conquered the Greeks and they conquered Palestine, they said, hey, We're gonna let the Jews continue to worship at the temple. We're gonna let them do their thing, but they're still being oppressed. And so many of the Jews are waiting for a political Messiah, somebody to come and overthrow the Romans and restore Israel to the place of David and Solomon, the place of prominence in the world. (laughs) But God was doing so much more. And the Holy Spirit was on Simeon. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So God told him, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. So we figured this guy's really old, but he's going to get to see the Messiah, God told him. And moved by the Spirit, right, get that, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was the custom the law required. And so at the exact moment, right, when the Holy Spirit speaks to him and goes, Simeon, go to the temple today, Simeon, go over there to these people. And you can imagine all these people there. And here's Mary and Joseph. They're walking with their baby. And here comes this guy, Simeon, right? And the Holy Spirit's like, that's them. The Holy Spirit's like, that's the one. Oh, the one named Salvation? Yeah, that's a good hint right there. You know, <laughs> Here we go. And Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. I can imagine Mary's like, uh, excuse me, you're trying to take my baby? You know, like, what are you doing? But, but Simeon must have had this reputation. People, like, knew him. People, like, and so here you go. He took him in his arms. Can you imagine this old man, right, holding this precious baby? And he prays God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Can you imagine Simeon is this blessing, this child right here, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. When Simeon said that, now that was big, right? Because the Jews thought it was only about them. They thought they were kind of the star of the show, and God was taking them, raising them up, and he's like, wait a minute, a light to the Gentiles? That's an Old Testament prophecy as well. You go back to Isaiah 49, verse 6. And God says, is it too small a thing that I would come just for the Jews? No, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come even for the Gentiles. I'm gonna be a light to the Gentiles. I mean, how amazing is that? Let me just kind of read that to you, because it's so good. He says, is it too small a thing for you to be my servant? He's talking about the Messiah. To restore the tribes of Jacob and to bring back those of Israel I've kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles. Good news for us, because most of us in here are Gentiles, right, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. God was doing something so much bigger. And Simeon got it. Simeon saw it. Hey, it's not just a physical, it's a spiritual kingdom. Well, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And they're kind of like, wow, this is incredible, right? Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. And he did. <laughs> right, he still does. I mean, there's a dividing line with Jesus. What do you believe about Jesus? You well, know, he said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. And so there's this rising and this falling of many in Israel and throughout the world, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. So this is the thing about Jesus. He, knows our hearts. It's not just what we do on the outside, but but God knows our hearts, and a sword will pierce your own soul, too. So he's talking to Mary, and he's saying, Mary, it's gonna be hard. It'll be a sword to pierce your own soul, and imagine, imagine, I mean, now being a mom, I, I don't know about being a mom, but I know being a dad, but man, if you're a mom, and you were there at the crucifixion, and Mary watching your own son die, for the sins of the world. I can't even imagine that sword piercing her own heart. But I can also imagine the joy when she saw Jesus resurrected, conquering death, making a way for all of us. And Mary worshiped, and Mary was part of the early church. I mean, how amazing and exciting. And yet God was doing something so big that many missed him, and I pray that we never miss him. I pray that the joy of Christmas would rise up in us, and we would behold Jesus. And I pray we do that even today, like Simeon did. Hey, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. If you've got a worship guide, grab that. Uh, if you wanna take some notes, if you're online, you go to the Rolling Hills app, and you can fill in some blanks. But I want you to see this today. Number one is this, be righteous and devout. You know, here's the description, right, about Simeon. It, it was righteous and devout. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. We don't know a whole lot about this guy. But we know that, <laughs> we know that. Now here's the deal, righteous and devout means head and heart, right? To be righteous means I do the right things. You know, I, I do what God wants me to do. I, I, I live out God's word, so be in a church, great job. You're doing it right, way to go. So glad you're here, so glad you're watching. I mean, it's important to do the right things. You know, to serve, take care of orphans and widows, to, to be generous, to be kind to be righteous. And there's something about that. That's important. But here's the deal. There were a lot of righteous people back then. They were called Pharisees and Sadducees. They were religious leaders. They kept the Old Testament law. There was a difference with Simeon. He was righteous and devout, which means it was not only in his head, it was in his heart. And today, that's the call for us, right? Yes, I gotta go to church. No, I get to go to church Right, it's not just like I have to do this. I'm not just going to get a check mark. I wanna be there. I'm supposed to worship God. I get to worship God, I get to serve. I have this privilege. God doesn't need me, God allows me to be involved in what He's doing. And there's a difference when all of a sudden it becomes like I'm not just keeping rules for the sake of rules, that maybe God will accept me, there's a joy in my heart that I can serve him. There's a passion in my life for the glory of God. Simeon, at an old age, he got it and he kept it. (laughs) He was just excited, man. God's at work. God's doing something. And he was a part of that. Look, we know more about Simeon's inside than we do his outside. It doesn't tell us how long his beard was. It doesn't tell us how old he was. It doesn't tell us how cool his robe was. I mean, it doesn't tell us any of that stuff, right? It tells us he was righteous and devout. <laughs> it tells us he was there. He was present. He was worshiping. He was praising God. That's what it tells us. We we live in a culture and a society that puts all the emphasis on the outside, don't we? Right? And it's good. We need to take care of our bodies. We need to work out, we need to stay in shape. It's good to look good. But like in our culture, it's all about the outside. You got The Bachelor, you got all these shows, right? It's about what you look like and, you know, how do you measure up? And and, and that's the whole thing in our culture. But but here's the deal. God cares about that we stay in shape, but, but God cares more about what's going on in our heart. God cares more about what's going on in our life. If someone were to describe you, what would they say about you? But they immediately go, wow, man, they're really good looking. I mean, they're in great shape. I mean, wow, they're, they're awesome, right? Or would they say, yeah, I mean, they look good. I mean, they, you know, they take care of themselves. That's great. But man, they are the kindest person you've ever met. <laughs> they're the most joyful. They're the most loving. Yeah, they're patient. Let me tell you, I don't know them real well, but I've watched them. They're, there's something different about them. <laughs> See, that, that's that guy. And that's what God's wanting to do in our hearts, in our lives. If you go back in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the Jews were delivered by God. Right? They were slaves in Egypt. God delivers them, and being slaves for 400 years, God takes them out. He takes them to the Promised Land. They get in the Promised Land. God gives them, you know, vineyards they didn't plant, houses they didn't build. God takes care of them, and they get in the Promised Land. And they're like, "Hey, God, all these other nations have a king. We want a king." And God's like, I'm your king. No, 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 we want a king we can see, right? We want a, we want a king. So, so they choose the best looking guy. You know, they get this Saul, he's really tall, he's a good looking guy, and they're like, yeah, we're, that's our king, we're gonna follow him. But the thing about Saul is he didn't have the inside, he didn't have that relationship with God, he didn't have the character and the integrity. And so as the nation grew, he wasn't ready to lead. And that can happen in our lives, Right? You know, and all of a sudden, God blesses, and now you've got more responsibility at work, you have more responsibility at school, your family's starting to grow. Boy, you've got to have the character and integrity inside. You've got to be growing deeper in your relationship with God, and Saul didn't do it. And so God rejects Saul, and he sends this guy Samuel, and he says, Samuel, go to the house of Jesse, and I'm going to appoint a king over Israel. And so Samuel falls into this same trap, right? He goes to the house of Jesse, and he's like, hey, bring me your sons. And Jesse brings his oldest son. He walks in, Eliab, and he's strong, he's tall, he looks good, and Samuel's like, that's him. And God's like, that's not him. No, no, God, look at the, he's a king, man. He's gonna look great on a poster. I mean, like, come on. I mean, like, this is gonna be great. Nope, not him. What about the next guy, Benadab? Nope, not him. What about the next guy? Nope, not him. All seven. He's like, well, what else? And Jesse's like, Well, I got one more son. I didn't even think he would measure up. He's not that good looking. Okay, so I put him out in the field. He's taking care of the sheep. And Samuel's like, Go get him. Bring him in here. And they bring him in there. And look what God said. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at, people look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. And like I said, I think it's good, man. Work out, stay in shape, take care of yourself, you know, whatever you need to do. But also, as you spend that much time there, spend as much time here. (laughs) Making sure that you're growing spiritually, making sure that you're being mature and strong and steadfast in the Lord. See, Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're in Christ, then so are you, (laughs) Now, that's pretty cool, right? If you're in Christ, God places his Holy Spirit in you. And here's the deal. God prompted Simeon to go into the temple at that right time, right? And go right there at that time. Hey, that's that couple. It's that baby named Salvation. It was the Holy Spirit prompting him. But the Holy Spirit will prompt you. And over these next, you know, 20 days as we lead up to Christmas, I believe God's gonna use you in a powerful way in your family. I, got, I believe it. And there'll be times that the Holy Spirit will prompt you and and say, hey, have a spiritual conversation with your child or with your grandchild or have a spiritual conversation with your roommate and you'll kind of go, I don't know. And God's like, press into it. Or text a friend of yours. Or email somebody and you're like, but I haven't talked to them in a long time. And I wanna tell you, when you do it, all of a sudden it's crazy what happens. Many times they respond and they go, did you know what I'm going through? I I don't know, but I got the, did you know that? And you're like, no, I didn't know that But Holy Spirit just prompted me. Be responsive. This past week, there's a, a kid, we sponsor a few orphans in Moldova, you know, through Justice and Mercy International, and, and uh, one of our kids has kind of grown up there, and, and Lisa was like, I just got to reach out to Ely. I don't know why he's on my heart. we he reach out to Ely, and, and so she sent him an email through uh, Facebook, and, and Ely responded, and he just said, you know, man, it's really hard. My grandmother just died, and we know Ely's, you know, his parents, right? We know his parents. He doesn't have any parents, and And somebody emails and he says, I just got back from the funeral and I cried for two hours. And he said, but I know God's with me. (laughs) And thank you. And I know God's with me. And sometimes you just reaching out, just that moment, I think for Mary and Joseph, there was that moment that Simeon comes up and they're like, thank you, God. We didn't know. You told us he was the Messiah, but we weren't sure, things weren't going right. We just needed that. That's what you will be. That's the way God will use you this Christmas. All right, check this out. Be expectant. Be expectant. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. He was waiting, he was waiting. Look at this, Simeon was actively waiting on God. It wasn't like he was passive like, yeah, I read the Old Testament, God's gonna do something, I'm just gonna sit back at home and wait for it to happen, right? He was active. He was at church, he was at the temple, he was involved. Guys, we don't like to wait. I don't like to wait. I mean, even you know, when I send a text message and you're waiting and there's those three bubbles and you're like, come on, let's go. <laughs> what are you saying? You know, is it good? How are you responding? You have that moment, right? You're all there. You're like, okay, what are they gonna say, right? And sometimes they disappear and they're like, well, what were they saying? What were they gonna do? you know, like, what happened? You know, they were writing something. And, it, and that's instantaneous. I mean, that's like real time. This guy's waiting all of his life all of his life, but he didn't quit. He didn't stop, he didn't back down. Why? Because here's the deal, God's timing is not our timing, but God is always working. Simeon knew God's gonna fulfill that promise. Simeon knew, I've been reading all this, I've been studying all this, God's gonna do great things. I wanna be there, I wanna be a part of that. See, we must learn to trust God and to wait expectantly. See, a lot of times we we want our own agenda. We want our own self. And and so when it doesn't happen exactly our way, we get frustrated. We get like, God, where are you? Why didn't you show up? Instead of going, wait a minute, God, maybe you're doing something bigger. I bet if you think in your life, if you kind of go back in your life, there are times that you prayed for things and and you thought it didn't happen. God, what happened? Where are you, right? And now you're at this stage of your life and you're looking back, you're like, oh, oh, God, it was better, wasn't it? Thank you, Lord. God, you had a plan. God, you had a purpose. I love this in Psalm 5.3. It says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. Okay, I want to stop right there. Does God hear your voice in the morning? See, what happens a lot of times, right, is we wake up in the morning and immediately we grab our phone. (laughs) And immediately we're like, "Uh, okay, what do I got to do today? Right? What are the plans for today? Where's my calendar? Right? Oh, where's the emails? Oh, wait, there's the text messages. What happened on Instagram last night? You know? And next thing you know, we wake up and it's, we're just scrolling through. What if we woke up in the morning and we go, I'm gonna leave that there for a minute. <laughs> I'm gonna take this for a minute. I'm gonna just pray and go, God, this is your day. I'm alive for a reason and for a purpose today. God, what do you wanna do through me today? Yeah, there'll be a time to jump on here. Yeah, there'll be a time for calendar. Yeah, there's time for meetings. Yeah, there's a time for emails. But but God, I'm gonna start this day and I want you in the morning, Lord, to hear my voice, that I'm your servant. I'm here for you. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. Wait expectantly. God, what are you gonna do today? God, you got big plans in my life. You got big plans in my family. God, you got big plans in my community or my workplace or the world or my school. God, what are you gonna do Today, I'm gonna lay those requests before you and wait expectantly. What are you praying for? What are you praying for God to do that only God can do? Simeon's praying, God, let me see it. Let me see the Messiah. Let me see your redemption. Let me see, God, what you're gonna do. What are we praying for? I I love that. Because Simeon could have been like this crotchety old man. You're like, ah, you know, the next generation, you know, they don't get it, you know. But he wasn't, he wasn't. He was happy, he was joyful, he was at peace, he was at purpose, he was at the temple, he was worshiping God. I love William Carey, he says, expect big things from God, right? Attempt great things for God. Expect God to do great things and attempt to do great things for him. Look at this one, be faithful. Be faithful. Hey, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That's a pretty incredible promise, and he held on to it. Simeon was faithful. He was faithful all of his days, man. How many days I had, I'm gonna go and worship. I'm gonna trust. God's gonna reveal his Messiah. I'm gonna be there, and he was there. Hey, Joseph and Mary, they were faithful. You know, here they are. You know, God, I don't understand it. I mean, I'm a virgin, now I'm pregnant, you know, but here we go, but God, I'm gonna be faithful. I'm gonna dedicate my child. I'm gonna trust God. You got a bigger plan, you got a bigger purpose. They were faithful. Hey, we are called to be faithful. We are called to be faithful. You know, one day we're gonna die, we're gonna stand before God. Every one of us, right? Every one of us, we're gonna stand before God. And he, here's what I hope and pray every one of us hears. And it tells us in scripture this, that we will hear our God say this, well done, my good and faithful servant. Good, not on our own merit, but by the grace of God. But that we're faithful. That we're faithful, that we keep doing what God's called us to, that we trust him, that we follow him, that we're obedient to him all the days of our life. You see, I think about how many people have missed a miracle because they kinda quit. How many people missed a miracle in their life because they backed away and said, I'm gonna do my own thing, I'm gonna go my own way, I'm gonna go my own direction, instead of trusting that God's gonna fulfill his promise. Don't miss a miracle. There are miracles that still happen today. Our God's in the miracle business. He loves it, and he wants to use you. See, we are called to be faithful. Why? Because our God is faithful. It's who he is, and he's made a commitment to you through his son, Jesus, that he will always be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You are forever his. Our God is faithful. I love this in Lamentations. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed you know, because of our sin, we should be consumed, right? Holy God, sinful man. But because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. <laughs> Isn't that great news? No matter the mistakes you made yesterday or the week before or the year before, hey, you can forgive yourself. God's forgiven you. is Christ. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, oh God. God is with you and he is for you. So, behold Jesus. This Christmas, behold Jesus. Can you imagine Simeon, this old man, holding that precious baby? And just looking down and going, God, you're faithful. God, you're faithful. I pray you'll take some moments like that. I pray this Christmas... You got a baby in the house or around, you'll just take a time and just hold that baby. Maybe it's your child or your niece or your nephew. Maybe it's your grandson or granddaughter. But just look and go, God, you're faithful. Maybe your kids are older and you just wanna take a moment to sit back and just go, God, you're faithful. Just behold. The God of the universe who loves you, the God of the universe who blesses you, the God of the universe who loves you so much he sent his one and only son for you. Simeon held him. He took him in his arms and he praised God, saying, sovereign, Lord, sovereign, you're over everything. And as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. That was his bucket list right there. I wanna see the Messiah. You know, there were a lot of people in the temple that day But Simeon is the one who got it. Next week, we're gonna see a woman who got it. Prophetess, her name is Anna. But there were many people, who got it. These guys did. And there are a lot of people who will celebrate Christmas this year. And I believe only a few will really get it. Only a few will really understand. It's about Christ, the Christ of Christmas. Yeah, do the other things, put up the trees and get the gifts and get the cards and have the parties and it's fun, but don't miss Jesus, because he's got a great plan and a purpose. Hey, the things of this world will never fully satisfy. They won't. So many people have a bucket list. and <laughs> A lot of times the bucket list goes like this, right? I wanna go to Yosemite. And, and man, they go to Yosemite and it's great, and then they're like, okay, now Yellowstone, right? And then now the Smokies, and now Zion, and that, you know, because it's just one thing after the next, and it's great, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing, right? Or, or man, I want to play Pebble Beach. And then you go spend a lot of money, you play Pebble Beach, and it's it's awesome, it's amazing. and You're like, okay, what's the next course? What's the next course, right? Or I want to go see U2 at concert. We go see U2, you and you're like, oh, that was great. Well, what about King's Leon? Where am I gonna go? Right? I mean, what's the next? Ed Sheeran concert, right? You go one thing to the next, or I wanna go to Paris, and you go to Paris, and it's great, and then you're like, okay, well, what about Italy? I haven't been to Italy, I, mean, I need to go to Italy, and, and all these things are great and have a bucket list, and it's fun, and it's amazing, but but they're never truly gonna satisfy. You don't ever get back and go, okay, well, that was it. I'm ready to die now, you know, you get back, and you go, what's next? Until you come to Jesus, (laughs) because Jesus is our true fulfillment. And just like Simon, he looks down, he's like, okay, I beheld Jesus. I got it, God. You gave me a glimpse of what you're doing in this world, and God, I wanna live my life for your name and for your glory. However many days left, God, it's all about Jesus. And that's why Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. They'll all be given to you as well. Hey, a couple of months ago, I had lunch with this guy, and uh, it was him and his wife, and and they were in their 70s. And I wanna tell you, this guy had more energy than I did. I mean, like, he was just so fired up, and he was so joyful, he's a Christ follower, and and we were talking about Jesus and what God was doing in his life and what God was doing around the world, and and we're having this great time at lunch, and, and I was like, hey, tell me your story. I just wanna hear your story. He goes, well, I grew up in New York. And he said, I grew up over in Brooklyn. He said, my family, we were Italian Catholics, you know. He said, we had a big family, and we were all Italian, and we had, it was loud, it was fun. He goes, and we were Catholic, but Catholic only on Christmas and Easter. (laughs) The only times we ever went to church, you know. And he said, actually, he said, "Uh, my family, a lot of them were in the mob. He said, it was kind of crazy, kind of growing up days. He said, but I was in the family business when I was young, and Next thing you know, by the time I'm 16, I've got the biggest car around, and he goes, I got lots of money, and, you know, things were happening. And I kind of thought that was where I was going. It was scary, but it was also, you know, that's what we did. That was our family. So when I was 18, I met this girl, and she was different. And she was beautiful on the outside and what attracted me, but I got to know her, and there was something different about her, man. She knew Jesus. She had a face, and i had never been around that. I didn't know what that was, and I wanted to tell, tell me about that. And I wanted to date her. I kept trying to date her. I kept trying, and she wouldn't date me. She was like, "No, I'm only gonna marry a man who's a Christian. I'm only gonna marry a man who's a Christ follower because I want him to be the father of our kids. I want to have a great life." And, and she wouldn't even give me the time of day. And, and it was like, "Man, what is going on? Look at this. I got a car. I got money. I got success, and and she wouldn't have anything to do with me." And I kept trying. I kept trying. I kept trying. And every time she'd break up with me, and then. He so said, one day I went to her church. and I came in and I sat on the back row and I'm, I'm listening to the pastor and he goes, it was so different. I'd never heard that before. Like, Jesus? Having a relationship? He goes, I always thought it was religion. I show up every now and then, it's fine. I get my check mark, it's fine. You know, he goes, but, but now here it was, different. And I'm listening to that. And, and I thought, that's what's missing in my life. Here I was, 18, 19 years old and going, man, that, I want that, and after a while of going back and listening and after a while of talking to her, I got a Bible and I went home and I started reading in Matthew and I'm reading, I'm reading, and then one night I just got on my knees and said, that's it. I'm committing my life to Christ. I don't know how it's going to go with my family. I don't know what's going to happen, but, but I'm committing my life to Christ. And he goes, it was unbelievable what God's done in my life. Here he is in his 70s, he starts recounting. He goes, you know, I started praying about that relationship and ended up marrying that girl. And then I started praying bold prayers for my family and I just started praying, God, do a great work in my family. He said, I had the chance to baptize my my sister and, and then my other sister. And then my dad started coming to church and, and saw my dad being baptized. And my mom comes to church and he said, you wouldn't believe I got to lead one of my uncles who's in the mob to Christ. And then another uncle on his deathbed. And I go to the hospital and I lead him to Christ. He, he accepts Christ on his deathbed right there. I know I'll spend eternity with him in heaven. He said, over the last 50 years, here I am. 40 people in my family now have committed their lives to Christ. And here's the woman of my dreams. We've been married now for 50 plus years and I love her so much. And he goes, just to see what God's done in my home kids and my grandkids and now my great grandkids. He goes, it's only God, and I almost missed it. (laughs) I almost settled for another life and I don't even think I'd be alive today if I did. But here I am, and isn't our God good? Isn't our God good? And I'm just sitting there like, yes, he is. Yes, he is. And guys, that's what I want for you. That's what I want for me, man. I wanna be there and go, I've been married this long and seeing my kids walk with the Lord and watching God do miracles and seeing lives being changed. See, I believe the rest of your life is the best of your life. And like Simeon, man, would you just be righteous? Not just for righteousness sake, but because of Jesus. It says that God made him who knew no sin, that's Jesus. God made him who knew no sin to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. And when you are in Christ, now when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your your mistakes. He doesn't see your failures. He sees Jesus. And you are not a sinner. You are a saint in Christ Jesus. And he's calling you now to be righteous, to be devout, to love him with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, to be expecting him to do great things and to be faithful all the days of your life. God's got great plans for you. Would you trust him today? Would you say, God, you are the sovereign Lord of my life and I'm gonna follow you all my days. Listen, I don't know where you are today, but I know this, God's here. It's Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. It's not an accident that you're here. God brought you here to church at this time for a reason or for a purpose. And maybe today you go, God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Jesus, come into my heart. I commit my life to you. Maybe you kind of identify, you're kind of in the back or kind of on the side, but today you go, man, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Maybe today you just go, you know what, there's some things in my heart, and God, I give it to you. Search me, oh God, know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any impure way in me and lead me in your way everlasting. Or maybe today you go, God, just let me be faithful. (laughs) All of my days, let me be faithful. I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I know this, God's here. And God loves you with an everlasting love. Would you commit your life to him today? A new and afresh, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I wanna follow you. Forgive my sins. Heal me, restore me, redeem me. Use me, God, for your glory. Maybe you're here today and you just go, God, I've been spending all the time on the outside, and God, I wanna spend time on the inside. I wanna grow deeper with you. I wanna go stronger in the Word. I wanna go stronger in my marriage. I wanna go stronger as a mom or a dad or with my relationships with my friends or my roommates. God, let me be a man or woman after your heart. Maybe today you go, you know, God, I haven't been praying big prayers, but today I wanna pray for my family my friends, God, that they would come to know you and God, I trust in your timing, not my timing, your timing, but God, if you can use me, use me. Spirit, lead me. I'm yours. So Father, here we are, your disciples today. In the middle of a Christmas season that is beautiful and fun, I pray that we wouldn't miss you. I pray that we would behold Jesus And that peace and joy and purpose would well up inside of our hearts and our lives and our families. And that, God, we would give you the glory. Meet us in this moment, oh God, and change us forever. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go podcast, and more. If you want to learn about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and the ways that you can connect. We're thankful for you.